Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, we got game six in a couple hours. How are you feeling? Um, a little just all over the place. I'm just, you know, a complete mess today. I'm not going to lie to everyone listening. But, you know, spirits are a little high. Um, Zach Zarber working the game was not what I wanted to wake up to at 6 a.m. Well, I'll be honest. I'll go a little vent here before we get into the fun stuff. Pretty much woke up at five and then was just checking frequently to see the ref assignments. And I know that the ref assignments come out at like nine Eastern. So I basically just was checking for an hour knowing that it wasn't going to come. So I uh, was expecting the Scott Foster experience, got Zarba, which basically is worse. So um, just been doing draft stuff all day to keep me busy. And now I get to talk with the one and only Tyler Metcalf to keep me distracted, which, you know, that's pretty much heavenly. So how are we doing, Metcalf? How are we feeling? Do you think my Celts got a shot tonight? Yeah, I I I originally picked Warriors in six. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm gonna stick to it. But I, I I definitely think the Celtics have a really good chat. Good chat. No, good chance. There we go. So you can't even hard. say it. You're you're, uh, you're lying in my face now. <laughs> you can't even say it in a straight face. I mean, I get both sides, so I understand. I, it, it's all gonna. I know it's cliche and it's been said a million times, but it's can they hang on to the ball or are they just going to have 15 turnovers again? And it, yeah. it's just going to come down to that. And if Jason Tatum would like to finish in the restricted area every now and then, that would probably help too. Yeah. It made me sleep a little bit better at night. I feel like the turnover thing now is just like, I have a tracker. It's like a tally, like, you know, like, you know, people in jail just have little tally marks every day they're in there. I feel like I just have one. That's just a tally of turnovers every single time. So um, bad jokes aside, how are we feeling about the episode, Metcalf? I think this is a good one. I'm excited for it. Yeah, this is this should be a fun one. We are seven days away from the draft. It's <sighs> unbelievable. Seven days. It feels like there are a million more things to do. Yes. But we wanted to kind of get a, another mock draft episode out, but with a little twist on it. We did something like this uh, like a month or two ago. Um, and I think it gives listeners a really good insight to how we view these prospects, how we view these teams' current states and their fit. So we're going to do a little mock draft peer review. So we each did our own mock draft. We're just going to go pick by pick, one through 30, give our picks for it, explain our reasoning, our likes, our dislikes, ridicule each other, praise each other, and it should be a good one. Um, So with the first overall pick, Orlando Magic, I have a feeling, I know where you went with this, but who did you have? Mick, have I, I did this with what I believed for Orlando because I wanted to mm-hmm. set the tone for the rest of it. So I, I think they're going to go Jabari. Um, I know how me and you feel about Chet, and I know that we would probably go that route if, it, if we were in charge. Um, one day we'll get there. But I, I think they're going to go Jabari. I think there's been too much buzz about it. Everyone I've talked to around the league is like, yeah, I believe it. I, I don't think it's smoke. I think it's really going to happen. So it's either a fantastic curveball and a fantastic smoke screen, or, or they really are intrigued with Jabari. And I'm starting to, you know, I'm always taking everything with a grain of salt. I won't be shocked either way. Like if they say Chet, I'll be like, I knew it. If they say Jabari, I'll be like, all right, you, that's your guy. You're believing in it. So what about you? 
I, I went with Chet. Um, mm-hmm. I at this point I kind of feel like it will be Jabari going, but I would a thousand percent go Chet. He's been my number one since day one, um, and nothing he's done has persuaded me otherwise. Um, and then just based on fit, I really like his fit. Um, you know, him playing alongside Wendell Carter, I think that that would allow Chet to not take on the most physical big man of all time in every matchup. Um, and it would just provide spacing, feel, rim protection, defensive versatility, playmaking. Um, I, I think we've really only scratched the surface of what Chet can do offensively. And then when you bring in his just absurd team defense and rim protection to that team, I just I, I, I think he's got the most upside in this class. And with the number one pick, I feel like you kind of got to take a swing at that. Are you confused at all as to why they're just not like, hey, it's Chet, it's not even close? Like, do you do you think if you're the Orlando Magic, like, let's role play for a little bit, do you think they're just looking at it and be like, we really like Wendell, and it's just a weird fit with Chet next to him? Because I'm just still... Obviously, the Jalen Suggs friendship with, with Chet is, is something that we're all going to come back to, but I just find it interesting that this seems like the guy that Orlando needs. They need like middle of the paint, just build around him. And I'm not saying Jabari can't be that from the forward position, but Chet just seems like your absolute building block. And and I'm just fascinated that, you know, it really does seem like Jabari might be the, the actual choice when it comes to next week. So what are you, what are your thoughts? Do you think there's any hesitation or if you're Orlando and you're not going for Chet, why is it? Yeah, and so I, I do think there is hesitation. Yeah, but I also understand the infatuation with Jabari because at six ten with those shooting mechanics, it's like holy crap. Okay, and then you see him defensively, and it's like oh holy crap. Okay, now we're really talking about a really impactful two way guy here. And by all accounts, I mean he's going for you know two plus hour workouts and not stopping, not taking a break, not you know hands on his knees, bent over, wheezing and gasping for air. Like he's working. And I think we saw that kind of same work rate and competitiveness from him during the college season where he's barking at his dudes when they screw up late in games and he's demanding excellence on a game by game basis. So if you're bringing that in with his shooting, which they desperately need, and his defense, I think, pairs really nicely with how they've kind of constructed that team so far. I, I understand the fit. Um, and I, I definitely understand Jabari going one. And if you're taking him one, you're also expecting him to develop more of a dribble game and more of you know an interior scoring game because there really isn't any of that right now. Um, so I get it. I just I, – I think we've seen – 40% of what Chet can be offensively. Um, I, I think the shot's going to be really good. Um, you know, the he's the best rim protector I've seen come out of college since Anthony Davis. So defensively, I think he's a monster. Uh, and then just offensively, I think there's so much left there. So I, I, I get it. I would just go Chet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand both ways because me and you have talked about this before with Jabari, like the defensive ability and, and upside really makes you understand why you would take him first overall in this draft mm-hmm. because everyone likes to fascinate about the three-point shot, but it's like the defense, like the versatility he showed this year 
um, which no one was expecting coming into the year. Like everyone that says they were expecting this, you're a liar. I'm sorry. I love you all, but no one was expecting this. And, and all of a sudden he just became this demon on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you can see he plays with passion. You, you've heard stories about how hard of a worker he is. If you go watch that um, Miami game when they played on the road this year, like he was barking at guys. He was trying to pump his team up. He was trying to get them like, hey, come on, let's go. Like, you know, he's he's not afraid to, to let his teammates know, like, we got to get going. And I think the intangibles check out. I understand. I, I'm sure the intel is going to be great. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about him. So I understand it. But um, so, OKC, what did you got, Metcalf? Uh, Jabari. Yeah, I had um, Mr. Holmgren. So I I have a feeling our top three might involve the same players, unless you're really getting crazy. Yeah, no, they, 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 there hasn't been much change for me in the top three. And in all the things I just said about Jabari with Orlando, I, they transfer almost seamlessly yeah. to the Thunder. They need shooting. He provides that. They need defense. He provides that um, just as an outlet for Gideon Che. I think that's just a really, really nice pairing for them. Yeah, I, I think OKC fans are probably foaming at the mouth. Like, please, Orlando, take him. And I think picking in the top two, you're getting a win either way. And, and if Paulo yeah. ended up there, I still think it's going to be a win. But Chet with with that, you know, Giddy, Shea, um, that core they have building and whatever they end up doing in the rest of the draft, um, that's a home run. And I think Presti's going to be pumped out of his mind for that, so. Pretty simple. That would yeah. be just a very quick turn of the card in, I think. Yeah, unless they get some ridiculous trade offer, but right. who knows? Um, number three, Houston Rockets. Uh, I This is really easy for me. It's Paolo Bancaro. Uh, they just moved Christian Wood. It's just That was just a weird trade all around. Um, yeah. But I, I like it for Houston. I like them moving off of Wood and just clearing up space in the front court for Sangoon and Paulo, um, that could very quickly become one of the best playmaking front courts in the league. And they're, you know, a rookie and a second year guy. So I, I think the offensive possibilities with that group with Jalen Green, it's, it could be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. The defense is going to be a disaster. Um, but at this point and where they are in roster construction, I wouldn't really lose a ton of sleep over that. I really like what Houston's doing, Metcalf. I, I really, really do. I think that trade was great. Um, I know everyone was like, Dallas absolutely robbed them. And I was like, yeah, but Houston got rid of potentially uh, cancer in the locker room. And now they got, you know, another pick in the first round. Um, we saw last year, Houston's not afraid to be aggressive. So they might have that pick at 26, correct? Yes. Off the top of my head. See, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm working, folks. Um they have 26 and 17 along with this. So you never know if they're going to try to package those to go up um, or they're just going to say, Hey, we're still rebuilding. Let's get more rolls at the dice. You know, let, let's get another shot at the craps table. And I love it. I, I think they're now three first round picks and good ranges to get some really nice pieces. And I think Paulo still, this is my favorite fit for him. And I think it, it's getting Jalen Green, another offensive firepower guy, and, and they should be exciting to watch. I'm like you, the defense will need some time, but that team's coming together. They're going to have some nice, fun, young pieces to watch develop. Um, I'm still high on Josh Christopher. Shangun's still, you know, the prodigal son. And, and then, you know, now you get Paulo, Jalen Green. Um, I'm excited to watch Garuba year two. So it's just guys like that. So I love it. All right, let's. 
Now let's get weird, Metcalf. What'd you do it for, for our own Nick, his Sacramento Kings? I went with Ivy. So I went with Keegan. Figured. It's it's not that. It's just, I think I think the, the Gavoni breadcrumbs, I'm reading a little too into it. I'm not being biased because I love Keegan. But if, if Ivy's trying to push it pretty hard, uh, like, hey, I don't want to go there. You know, and this is always smoke season. I, I think Sacramento could be like, let's not deal with this. <laughs> let's not deal with this. And maybe they still trade out. I don't know. But um, I just put Keegan there because I, I could see the ownership pressure. And me and you talked about it on a previous pod. We were like, hey, we're buying into Ivy there. We, it, yep. it, I would do it still. And, but it also could just be a catastrophe. And, and that's why I think the Kings are probably every day being like, are we really going to do this? And, and if they're smart, they'll try to trade out and, and sell to the highest bidder. But I don't know if they're going to. I think they're just going to stay there and, and we'll see what happens in a week. <laughs> but um, I don't know. So, yeah, so I, I, I would pretty much just go Ivy and not think twice about it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I think they made their feelings pretty clear about how they feel about players who want to play there and who don't when they traded Tyrese Halliburton, who yes, they very much wanted to play there. And they're like, eh, that's not, that that's not our kind of player. No, thank you. Um, so I, he, he's got superstar upside. And I think at that spot, you just kind of like, that's the best player. Let's go. Like, let's, whatever happens, happens. I, I have more faith in Jaden Ivy as an off ball player than, it seems like others do this weird notion that he can only succeed with the ball. I don't get um, Maxwell and I just covered that in a piece over on no ceilings NBA.com. It's free. Just hit that subscribe button while you're there. Um, so I, I, I like the fit with him playing with Davion with, with Fox. Um, he can run point with the second unit. Um yeah, I know it's just an infusion of athleticism and potential that I, I don't think he can really pass up on it for. I love Keegan. I would take Ivy because I'm like you. It, I don't think they're sold on Fox long term. Right. But this is the this is the roll of the dice if you're the Kings, where like if it clicks and Ivy and Fox can play together, that is NASCAR speed. Yeah. It, it, it would be an electric backcourt. And then I love the depth of having Davion to, to kind of throw in a different wrinkle of, of another guard where it's like, okay, you get the offensive firepower. Then you got a guy coming off the bench. Who's just the dog and, and going to lock guys up. And then he could, Mitchell could play with Ivy or, or, you know, it's just, you need depth. You need rotations in the NBA. And, and I still love that idea. And I think, if they try it and it doesn't work, you can move Fox or you can move, you know, I don't think they're going to move Mitchell. So, I mean, you can move Fox. You can be like, all right, it didn't work. We got to go a different route, but um, picking that high, I'm right there with you. I think you got to, you got to at least take the best player available. Um, but I will see what happens. I still think they're going to take Murray and I love it, yeah. but um, yeah. It, yeah. And I, I definitely think Murray's, safer and like yes. the more like win now guy he's gonna be able to contribute right away um at least to you know that higher more versatile two-way level um but at number five the detroit pistons i'm assuming you had ivy here i had ivy i i love that fit um i think that'd be the absolute dream for detroit if that happens 
I got a little weird. I didn't go Keegan. Um, I was really tempted to go Johnny, but I didn't. I went AJ Griffin. Interesting. Um, he's he's fascinating. So yeah. so the buzz is he's slipping. Yep. Um, the buzz I've heard is late lottery, and, and I'm not saying 14th. I'm saying I think he's trending towards 10, not up. So it's going to be fascinating to see, and all it takes is one team to believe in them. So it's like, if Detroit loves them, wouldn't shock me. And we've been saying this for, for weeks, for months, Metcalf. We, me and you have both been saying, like, AJ's going to be the guy. He could either go five or he could go 11. It won't shock some of us. Mm-hmm. There's probably three or four of those guys in this. Um, and, and there's been rumblings that Detroit likes Ivy a ton. There's also been rumblings that they like Keegan a lot. So it's going to be just fascinating they're in a good spot. Um, I just, if they love Ivy, I wouldn't, why wouldn't they just call the Kings? Me like, Hey, just come back. Just we'll, <laughs> we'll throw you an extra first two years down the road and, and let us come get our guy. You don't want to take him, So that's, that would be what I would do. I'd be calling him and say, just drop back. We'll, we'll make the decision for you. You know? So, um, yeah. And that, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Um, and I, I think AJ immediately provides that elite shooting that they kind of need. I think, you know, I think worst case scenario, he's a better shooting Sadiq Bay. Um, I think he's got more on ball creation than he was allowed to show and that he's, you know, being given credit for um, the medicals will be the medicals. I don't have access to them, so I can't really form my opinion around speculation and Twitter rumblings and gossip and hearsay. So, you know, I'm not really going to let that inform my opinion too much um there have been some boards and mocks that have benedict matherin going this high that is way too rich for me but we can get more into him later uh but at number six the indiana pacers who did you have my last thing um i will say about detroit is the aj edition also say they trade grant the AJ edition also brings up a small ball lineup where I think Sadiq could play the four and AJ yes. plays the three. There you go. Now we're making some magic. Funny that you said that about Mr. Matherin because I have him going to the Indiana Pacers at six. I can't fight. I, I, this is my chill up my spine. I feel like Indiana's going to take him, and I, I can't explain it. I think it's going to come down to him or Dyson Daniels, and I don't know why, but I can't get the Matherin to Indiana vibe out of my head. And yes, I've been thinking of this before Gavoni mocked him there, but this is what happens when guys just dominate, you know, are, are reportedly dominating the, the pre-draft process, the interview process, they're playing good in workouts. Then all of a sudden they go up to this range. And I think that's the range of the draft where there's still some uncertainty. So if, if a guy's really doing good and, I like the idea of Halliburton and Matherin playing together. That would be some some fun nastiness in that backcourt. It's high for me. I agree with you, and I love Matherin. It's still a little juicy, but I also believe, like, hey, if you're six and maybe you'd be like, man, we, I love if we could get him at eight, but still, it's like, hey, go get your guy. If, if this is the guy that you need, want and you love, um, go get him. So I agree with you. I think it's a little rich. I even debated having um, your prodigal son here, but we'll see. So, so do, do you want my Matherin thoughts first, or do you want who I had going? I want who you first? took first, Johnny. Okay, so this is where I'm I'm conflicted because I think it could be either of those. Yeah. So I'm 
Johnny just had a, a solo workout with them, and they just pumped out a ton of media stuff with him after that workout. Um, you know, obviously that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I, and then just from a fit standpoint, I love the idea of him and Tyrese Halliburton playing together. Um, just that, that ball movement, Davis's off ball movement, the defense, I think it fits really well. Move Brogdon for something, or, you know, I guess let, let him, let, let Davis and Halliburton learn under him for another year. Um, but or Brogdon's really not factoring into my long-term thoughts with them at all. Um, I just wrote 2,500 words on Johnny Davis coming out tomorrow, likely by the time you're listening to this. Um, I'm just all in. I have been for pretty much the entire season. If the only gripe on him is that he's not an elite three-point shooter, I don't care because every single year we see these guys just learn how to become decent standstill shooters. And that's all he's got to do. He's not a primary guy. He's not going to have a 30 usage rate. If he does, something has gone significantly wrong with the roster. Um, But as that secondary option, there's just so much versatility and execution and awareness and feel for the game there that I just, I, I, I would not let him fall too far. You know how we always say there is a, like a curveball in the lottery where it's like, okay, things are going to get like, we're saying Sacramento's where quote, the draft is going to start. I always feel like there's also a shocker and I feel like Indiana's going to be the shocker. Like we don't really have a great vibe of what they're going to do. I used to think it was Portland forever. But I still kind of do, but I think Indiana's the one that's going to surprise some people. And it's not like it's going to be a bad pick. I'm saying it's just going to be one of those like, okay, well, now we're on the edge of our seats. Like, all right, let's get going. Like this is where the madness starts. I think it could be Johnny. I think everyone's thinking like, oh, he's going to go 10 to Washington. He's going to go down this part. And Indiana I, might I'm be sick like, of that pick. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sick too. of it because it's just everyone goes through their mock and they get to 10 and Johnny's still there available. It's like, so they throw him in. Eh, it feels like he should go here. Yeah. It's like it, he, it, he's falling far enough. It's exactly. Like, no, you just, mm. you're being like, just irritated. I understand what you're doing, but don't do it. And we've done it at no ceilings. And every time we do it, we all get mad at each other. Um, but I feel like Indiana could be like, we were taking this guy here all along. Like, this is exactly who we wanted. And we're going to laugh when he's on the board because I love the fit. He seems like a Indiana Pacer. He seems like a guy that's going to play there for 10 years. And just the state is going to give him a key to the city right when his second year starts. I, I understand it. And this is a guy that projected Matherin there. But I just think Matherin and Johnny, it's like, Whatever team likes one of them more, that's what the direction they're going to go. So I have Mountain there. Wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if it's Johnny. All right, number seven, Portland Trailblazers. This is where I had Keegan Murray fall into, and I think this would be a home run for the Trailblazers. Uh, just everything we said about him earlier with the Kings immediately applies to Portland. Um, I think he finally gives them kind of a a offensive production out of the power forward spot um some kind of shot blocking and defensive playmaking on the other end as well um i i think he would just kind of be a a, re- a nice plug and play fit with uh dame it's funny because you know i i've heard indiana loves keegan yep so that could throw a wrinkle in the whole plan but it, it also is like this is the the tidal wave we're seeing we're like if detroit goes a different direction we're all expecting then it opens up the whole board and um, I'm like you, I think Portland would do a backflip if yeah. 
Keegan was on the board. They would, they would be like, Oh my gosh, thank you. Um, I went with Dyson Daniels. Um, I, I, I just kind of think that would be another route where they would be very pumped on the intangibles, the long-term upside. I like that fit with Dame. I think that is a, I know they have Anthony Simons, like I get it, but, um, That'd be another world for that team. That team needs to start playing some damn defense. And, and Dyson yes. Daniels will be like, yes, here we go. I'm going to set the tone even as a rookie. And, and um, I just like, like it, with both of our mocks, if they walked away with either Keegan or Dyson Daniels, I think Portland fans would be pumped. Yeah. So Dyson Daniels was the other name that I kind of went back and forth with. Uh, but Keegan's higher on my board. So I had to go Keegan. And I think he fills a more immediate need. Um, but I have Dyson Daniels going next to the Pelicans, and I, I love that fit and the defensive potential of that that lineup with him and Herb Jones and Trey Murphy and Jose Alvarado. Um, and then with their shooting coach, uh, Chip England, I believe his name is, who's like the most well-renowned shooting coach in the league and is getting basically everyone who walks through there to become a quality shooter. I think that's just exactly what they need. Um, A connector on offense, someone who's not going to stop the ball with Ingram and Zion and CJ, but just kind of keep it flowing, rebound, play defense um, and score when he needs to. This is where I get a little um, flustered because I like Dyson there a lot. I think he's going to end up going before. I put Shane Sharp here, um, and I don't love it because I still have weird vibes. They're going to be obsessed with Sohan. I didn't have the guts to do it in this exercise because, you know, we're building these mocks, and the problem is is when you you build them, then all of a sudden it's like Sharp is either – if he doesn't go there, then I'm like, oh, gosh, where is he going? Because I don't think Spurs are going to take him. Um I don't think the Wizards are going to take him at 10. I don't know if the Knicks are going to take him. Like, I know every Knicks fan's listening and being like, you're crazy. And it's like, is that what New York needs right now? Is another just like, hey, couple years away? Like, I don't know. So um, I just put him here to New Orleans because I think New Orleans will be like, hey, we have a roster with a lot of weapons right now. And we're going to potentially get Zion back. We're going to be loaded. Let's get the guy that we thought we had no shot at getting. Let's get a potential superstar because if he clicks Mm -hmm. in two years, then we have a horrifying team, a horrifying roster of just madness. And and I think it would just be too too intriguing to pass up. I don't love it because I still think they could go other ways. But, um, you know, if if Daniels was on the board, they would probably start – pulling out a tequila bottle and pouring them all around the table. So I, I love that fit for sure. What'd you do at nine Metcalf? Let's get this over with. What'd you do? I went Jeremy Soham. I took Johnny. Okay. I love that fit for both of them. Yeah, I do. And every Spurs fan's been calling us out because we've been throwing the Sohan to the Spurs. And that's like, that's the last thing they need. And I'm like, tell that to the Spurs. This is a guy that the Spurs are like, we would have been dreaming of these guys. This is exactly what we want. This is Boris Diaw 2.0. Are you kidding me? Um, I can't get the idea of Sohan out to the Spurs. I think the Spurs, if Sohan and Johnny Davis are on the board, the Spurs might be like, you got to be kidding me. Like, they <laughs> just be like, absolutely home run. And, and I don't know. 
I know they have 900 wings, but I think that front office would look at themselves and be like, if Johnny Davis is on the board, this is everything we want for this organization. How are we going to pass him up? And they might think that way about Sohan. So, yeah, and I, I love I love the fit for both those guys. Just their their overall versatility, their work rate, their defense, and just overall basketball IQ. I think is just super high, and that's exactly the type of guys that the Spurs usually go for. Um, I, I've also seen the, you know, w- whenever I tweet out anything Johnny Davis, I inevitably get at least one response that's you know, primo better. I'm like, okay, cool. That was useful and not relevant to the tweet at all. But why couldn't Johnny also play with primo? Why couldn't Johnny play with DeJounte and primo and have that be like just an awesome three guard rotation? Um, I think just the overall versatility, the off ball scoring, the shooting, the playmaking ball movement. um, I think it's really intriguing with those guys. Uh, Obviously Johnny was gone off my board, but with Sohan, it's that same thing, but from the power forward position where I think he's going to have the ability to switch one through four and even on some fives, uh, the ball movement, the cutting, I am way more skeptical, skeptical, there we go, words are hard, of the shot coming along because the indicators aren't great, but at least he was willing to shoot it. So who knows, maybe they rebuild it. And that's a place that has a track record of doing that. So uh, just from a basketball IQ and just defensive versatility standpoint, I, I just, I, I would be thrilled about Sohan in San Antonio. Can I go on an angry rant? Please. Okay, cool. Just wanted to get your permission. This is for Spurs fans. And I love you guys. You've been some of my favorite fans of all time. Who's the star on this team? Is that rhetorical or? No, I'm asking you. DeJounte? I would, yeah, I would say it's him, right? Yeah, he's an all-star. Josh Primo might be a very good basketball player. I love Devin Vassell. I love Keldon Johnson. You're not in a spot to not take a guy like Johnny Davis. Like, everyone's like, oh, Primo's better. And I'm, so what? What if, what if Johnny Davis is a star? And then you have Murray... Johnny, Primo, Vassell. Now you're building a roster with weapons. And you have two more fucking picks in the draft. Like, I, you're, we're trying to get the Spurs back to the playoffs, not just be like, hey, we have Josh Primo. We took him early. We can't, we can't take another guy. Yes, you can if he's the best guy on the board. This is the exact conversation we just had with the Kings. Like, where we're like, oh, well, he might be a superstar, but because we got De'Aaron Fox and, and Davion Mitchell, we can't take him. The Spurs don't give a shit. The Spurs are going to say, we want a guy that might be with the Spurs for 10 years. They're they're just taking guys right now, and they're saying one of them's going to click. We're getting guys with really good basketball potential because the Spurs want to build a, a roster with eight guys to roll at you. They're trying to build old teams like they had where they're in the damn playoffs every year. So... If Johnny Davis is on the board, I, I, I don't think – no offense. I think Josh Primo is going to be a very good basketball player, and mm-hmm. I love sell. But if Johnny Davis is on the board, that's Josh Primo is not a reason to not take Johnny Davis. You get both of them. That'd be fun. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> and I love Spurs fans, but, like, you know, we've been – and we're guilty. We've been projecting Jalen Duran to go there all the time because we're like, oh, they need a big. But 
at the end of the day, the Spurs are like, hey, we're picking ninth. We want to get in the playoffs and stay there. We don't want to just be in the elimination game and trying to get or the play-in tournament. We want to get in the playoffs. And and they're just adding youth and talent, and they don't give a shit about position right now. <laughs> they have a point guard. We found that out last year. Now they need to keep giving more talent around the roster. So um, now that I said this, they'll take Mark Williams. <laughs> <laughs> And I love right. Spurs fans. I love them to death. But hey, take the best player. You might not be picking here ever again for eight years. We know how the Spurs go on runs. Wizards, <laughs> Metcalf. Sorry. All right. Uh, so I I went with Shaden Sharp. Yeah. Um. I took I AJ was... Griffin. Yeah. Poor Bradley <laughs> Beal. They give him another raw guy. So... I don't know what they're gonna do. Well, so I mean, I, I'm not operating under the assumption that Bradley Beal is going to be there long term. Um, tell also, that to Wizards fans. We're trying to give them some hope. No, they they should have a lot of hope because they have a lot of really young, intriguing pieces. But I also don't think you're going to draft someone at ten who's going to completely change Bradley Beal's mind. No, I agree. What you, but... what you could do is draft his heir apparent, who's admittedly said that he models his game after Bradley Beal and who has top five upside in this class and who has, you know, potential superstar scoring upside in this class. So I I don't think it would really change the roster or rotation at all in year one. Um, they might not change it much in year two. Hopefully it does, but we haven't seen Shaden Sharp play in a year. So who knows? Um, so I, in worst case scenario, Bradley Beal resigns. He never asked for a trade. And now you have two really dynamic shooting guards on your roster. It's not a bad problem to have. No, I agree. Um, I could still see them calling Presti and saying, do you want Shaden? You know, let's, yeah. let us go back to 12. Let's go back a little bit and regroup here. And, and maybe that's the move. But um yeah, I agree with you. It's it, Washington's just the tough spot because I do think they're another team that needs to just take the best player available and, and figure it out because that roster has a lot of talent all over, but they just need to like stay healthy next year and figure out who's there long term. Because like I still think highly of Rui. I love Denny. They got Beal. You got to get another one now. Like get get another piece of the puzzle. So. Um, all right, what'd you do it for the Knicks? I took, I got a little, I got in a tough spot here, but I went with Malachi Branham. So that's who I originally had, and then I switched it to Benedict Matherin. So I, I originally had Matherin later. Now Matherin going to the Knicks, I still think would be my absolute dream for both parties. So, um, I, I think you're getting Knicks fans really excited. Um, the buzz is that he's not getting out of the top 10. Yeah. But I've heard that about four or five guys. So, you know, sooner or later, someone's lying. So, I, I mean, it's going to be oh, just draft. It's just going to be madness once we get to five or six. So, yeah, I mean, if Matherin went there, I'd love that. Branham is, if the board went with how I have it, I think the Knicks might be like, oh, boy. All right. Like, our dream guys were all off the board, but um, I still think Branham there would be a great fit. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I, I want to get into Branham first, yeah. and then I I have some questions to ask about Matherin. Um, but I, I originally had Branham to the Knicks because I think he 
just his offensive versatility is exactly what they need. He can shoot off the catch. He can run the pick and roll. He can take on ball handling responsibilities. He can move the ball. Um, he can score in a variety of ways and just really help diversify their offense. So that's why I originally had him there. Do you have any worries, like really significant worries about his defense? It's, it's, it's funny because I, I didn't have a lot of them. And then I feel like we were talking about him at no ceilings. And I think Corey brought it up. Maybe Corey even brought it up to me on the side or something. And I was like, oh boy, now I got to go back and watch. It's it's not great. It's not like I'm I'm freaking out, so I wouldn't draft him because of it. Um, I heard he wasn't doing awesome in workouts, but it wasn't anything like, oh, it, he's going to drop because of how bad I think. I just think he wasn't having great workouts. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm too worried, Metcalf, because I think it's like the tools are there. I think he might just need to be coached. And the problem is, is the Knicks have a coach that if he doesn't like that, they might go a different direction. So what about you? Are, are you concerned about it at all? And He's I a guy that I, I think I we certainly were... wouldn't. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I certainly wouldn't draft him for it. Um, yeah. I didn't like how he just died on screens all the time. Um, so I, I, I don't love it, but I think his offensive versatility and impact is enough where it won't matter too much. Um, and as long as he can show improvement or at least be better, um, as like the low man or with his, you know, tagging the roller, just stuff like that, just like little team defensive stuff. Um, then I think that could be enough where it's like, okay, well, this guy isn't getting targeted to the extent where he's just unplayable um, and his offense is kind of outweighing the defensive negatives. Brandon feels like a guy that we were just all really high on and then he got all this momentum and now it's kind of like, not second guessing, but you just kind of, are now thinking a bit too much about it. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah. It was like his evaluation timeline got moved back like three months because he really broke out in January. And, you know, we, we, we were expecting him to be a 23 or 24 guy, not a 22. So it's like, Oh, this is all fun. So it's, you know, whenever we watch guys, we look for stuff to get excited about first, and then we dive into the nuances and nitpick and, you know, figure out all the weaknesses and, you know, January, February, we're doing that about everyone who kind of burst onto the scene right away. And we're, we're in the honeymoon phase with Branham and, you know, that just timeline kind of got shifted a couple months. It definitely feels like Branham right now is like, you just get into a new relationship and you're ignoring all red flags and you're just like, this is awesome. I love this. This is so much fun. And then you start initially noticing the red flags and you're like, wait, is this what I want? And then now you're just like in a torture chamber within your own mind. But I really do still like him. I just, you know, at one point I was like, Oh, he could go ninth. Like we've said it on the podcast. I was like, yeah, he could go to the Spurs. It won't shock me if he still goes there, but I think now I'm more like, okay, he might go late lottery now. Like now I'm just like, okay, like maybe I needed to check myself before I wrecked myself. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I still so, think the offensive upside and the just overall upside would still have him as a top, you know, 13 guy, top 12 guy to me. But yeah. So 
I want to move on to Matherin. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I need some help because yeah, you're I, really I know we talked about it. This. I don't get what he does that warrants a top seven pick. Um, I like him just for clarification. I, I like him. I think he's going to be a really good off ball player. I like the athleticism. I like the shooting. I know the percentages are worse because of the types of shots he took. I think he's better than what the percentages show. Um, I agree that when he locks in on defense, he's good. I just don't like banking on that because it's like, okay, well, how many guys when we talk about, oh, when they do this, and then it's like, how often does that actually translate because they, oh, they felt like it today. Um, I think he's going to be a really good off-ball shooter and off-ball scorer. I don't see this superstar, all-star upside that so many people are trying to push. I'm going to help you, Metcalf. I just figured out how to how to do this. You're going to therapy, and I'm going to help you. And everyone listening that has the same question, welcome to Dr. Rucker's Office of Love. Um, well, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> so here's where it is. This is what this is what the deal is. Is you're going to get past four, five. Let's say Jabari, Chet, Paulo, Keegan, Ivy, all off the board. And teams want wings. There's a lot of question marks with all of those wings that are the following guys. Like you go Matherin, AJ Griffin, um, even our boy Johnny, Branham, and then like Jang, and who else am I forgetting? I'm trying to make sure. I'm just double-checking everyone <laughs> to make sure I get my point, and obviously my thing stopped working, whatever. Anyways, what I'm trying to get at is uh, – there's uncertainty with those guys. So it's like Johnny, as much as we love him, everyone's worried about the three-point shot, which I always roll my eyes at. Um, AJ, people are like, the three-point shot's great. Is he going to do anything else? What about the defense? And then Jang, it's like the uh, the crazy year. Um, Branham, it's the defense. It's just like the skyrocketing out of nowhere. So if teams are looking for a wing and they were like, we need a guy that can do a little bit of everything on offense. Everyone's got this thing like Matherin's a great shooter and he's nasty and physical. So that's why people are drooling over him, over the idea of him. And this is me and you have talked about this before of like drafting for the idea. So everyone's thinking like, well, he might be the most well-rounded wing of the mix, or he might have the highest, floor of the mix because worst case scenario we know he can shoot but i'm like you as much as i love matherin there's still question marks because like the defense he got caught ball watching a lot um the defense is there but is the desire to be a good defender there because if he goes to the wrong team and doesn't want to play defense it's never going to click yep but if he wants to be great he's going to realize like i i probably you know, rookies, when they get to the NBA, it's like, how can I make my impact? It's like, you better make an impact defensively. That's how you're going to get minutes. So I think that's the idea and why he's getting so much love potentially early is because teams are trying to find, like, we need a wing. What's the options? And it's nothing against Johnny and it's nothing against AJ Griffin, but I think that's where people are getting at where they're like, you know, Mather might be the highest or safest in so many words like player do i agree with it no not necessarily but i understand the the rationale behind it so i hope that helps it didn't but yeah thank you 
Moving on. <laughs> All right, number number twelve, the Thunder. <laughs> I have Jalen Duran. Um, who'd you go with? I took uh, Sohan. Okay, so you have a pairing of Chet and Sohan. I have a pairing of Jabari and Duran. Um, I love both of those. I think if they came away with some combination of either of those, mix and match as you please. Oh, not really, because well, I guess it could still be fun. Um, but yeah, I I, I think that just either one of those combinations immediately improves that team's just interior defense. I'm like rooting for Chet and Sohan for Thunder fans. Yeah. That is an erotic core to, to deal with. And I don't care if people are like, okay, Tyler, calm down a little bit. No, a giddy Shay Sohan Chet. I, oh, that'd be fun to develop. And I haven't even mentioned the torture chamber of Lou Dortness. I, I, I mean, well, apparently he's going to Portland, so. I can't. We need to stop with the Portland rumors. Some people are like, oh, they'll just trade Grant for seven. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why is everyone thinking? I don't know. I'm all over the place about that. So and it's going to happen now. I think we're going to play this back. But, um, okay, 13, what'd you do? I went Mark Williams. I did too. What's yeah, I, 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 I think you could play the game of, oh, well, Cleveland's not going to take another center. So let's take our wing and then, you know, hope, just plan on Mark falling to 15. Um, but then I think you play a risky game of Cleveland trading out of that and exactly. you're getting screwed and you not getting your guy. So I think there are enough wings still available um, where you just, you, you take the, the best player available at a position of need and you sprint to the podium with it. And we had James on our last No Ceilings podcast, and he said, don't be surprised if they move one of those. And there's a yeah. lot of buzz about, you know, no pun intended, a lot of buzz about the Hornets trading one of those picks. So I think still if Mark Williams is there at 13, you got to take him. Yeah. Either him or Duran. All right. Uh, 14 Cavs. This is where I moved uh, Branham to. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I had Jalen Williams here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I spice things up a little bit. So is that just more of a someone who can help them take that next step a little quicker? Yeah, I just thought the versatility off the bench is intriguing. Like everyone's been bashing Okoro. I still think he's going to be ready for a nice another year. But like now you have some depth where it's like, okay, yeah. you have Jalen Williams, you have Levert, you have Okoro, you have... Sexton and Garland, I think just Jalen Williams would be a nice boost to your rotation, help the team keep moving forward. I'd still love um, Abaji there, but I also think like Jalen Williams could be the one we're not thinking of that they could be like, hey, more versatile guy that might have a little bit more upside. But um, yeah, a little little crazy. I just wanted to shake things up a little bit. I know we're going to have two final mock drafts for the no ceiling site, which I'll be very serious on. But um, for this exercise, I was like, Hey, I would take Jalen Williams there. Why not mix it up? All right. At 15 for the Hornets second pick, who'd you go with? Um, I did go with a there. I went with EJ Liddell. Interesting. You, I love this. Okay. Talk to me. Why? So I just, Picturing the how effective that rim protection and defensive pairing of Mark Williams and EJ Liddell would be, I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, 
James talked about how this team kind of needs an adult and some maturity and leadership in their locker room. I think EJ provides that immediately. Um, I love his offensive versatility. I love his defensive versatility. Um, and, you know, who, who knows what their long-term plans are with PJ Washington. It seems like he's in trade rumors every single year. So if they're not attached to him and move him for a wing or guard depth or improvement, then you have an easy replacement. So I, I think he's someone who can step in, play easily with Mark Williams and help them improve their defense from day one and help them take that next step out of the playing game and into the actual playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I still think that's my wild card of like, oh, Charlotte is going to be obsessed with EJ Liddell, especially if they're just over the PJ Washington experience, which me and you have talked before. We would still like PJ Washington a lot. And we yes. joked and said the moment he gets away from the Hornets, he's going to end up being a, a, a much better player already. Probably that's, uh, that's what happens. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have weird vibes about Charlotte being in love with EJ Liddell. So I kind of like that pick. Um, At 16, who do you have for the Hawks? I had Tari Eason. Ooh, love that. Um, I'm going to be honest, middle of this, I just looked and realized I forgot a guy. So I had to kind of like move some names around. So I feel really bad about that. But I'm looking at my board and I still would take everyone ahead of him. Um, But I like Tari a lot. He's had some weird buzz. I feel like he's trending towards the 20s. I still think someone in the teens would probably jump all over him. And and I think his fit with Atlanta, um, still one of my favorites probably for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what Atlanta's plans are. They seem to be connected with every trade rumor that yes. gets put out. Um, so who knows uh, from, you know, a, a fit and defensive improvement standpoint. I, I think he makes a lot of sense. I went with Ochai Baji, just adding depth, off-ball shooting, team defense, leadership, all, all that good stuff, everything we've said all year about Ochai. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's just going to be just a really good basketball player for a long time. Um, at 17, Houston Rockets, I went with Usman Jang. Um, I don't think he's going to fall. I think someone would trade up. So let me say that before everyone jumps on me when they're listening to this. But I, I took Jalen Duran here. Um, I don't know who's going to take him. But I think he's going to go much earlier than every mock draft having them. Um, I still think Portland's a wild card at seven. I think if he got to 10, um, Washington would have their phone going crazy. Cause someone would be like, we want him. We'll, we'll come up. I mean, maybe it's Charlotte. Maybe Charlotte tries to go up and get Duran because they love him or something, but could Washington They're- take him Metcalf? I I don't think so. I does he really make sense with Kristaps and Daniel Gafford oh, and Thomas Bryant and Rui and Denny? Like I I don't know. Oh, I, I think they have, I think they have enough in their kind of front court right now. Where and I, I think Jalen has a higher ceiling than any of those guys probably do right now as the center. Um, but if Charlotte calls you and they offer thirteen and fifteen for ten. I jump all over that. Yeah, you got to take that in a heartbeat if you're Washington and, you know, say Johnny, Dyson, Matherin, they're all gone. It's like, 
none of these guys really make a ton of sense right now. So let's move back and get two guys just a couple spots later. My problem with Duran is we've done a couple mocks. He always seems to slip. And we all agree we don't see him slipping. But it's just doing these mocks. And, and, and guys fall through the cracks on draft night. It, it happens all the time. So, like, he gets to 10. And Washington doesn't take him. If he doesn't go to New York, which I still think that's the that's the wild card. If they're thinking like, "Hey, Mitch is going to leave, we're we're going to go another route." Um, like if OKC took Chet a two, I don't I don't think OKC would double down on centers with those first two picks. Maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe they think we could play them together. Um, It'd be kind of fun. It'd be fun as hell. It'd be kind of fun. But what if, I mean, and, and then, so we're already at 12. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, we've been saying all the time, we don't think he's going to fall that way, but this is how it happens. Like, if, if, if Sohan, with that, I had Sharp going to New Orleans. Say mm-hmm. New Orleans took Sohan and the Spurs don't take Duran. Then all of a sudden, Sharp and Duran are falling, and each team's going to have to go like, do we want the long-term projects that we're waiting for them to to click that they might not be able to go their first year? Right. When you're in the lottery, that's tough to swallow. If you're a team that's like, hey, we need to take a step forward next year. Now, when you're in the lottery, you want to swing for guys like that. But that's what I'm just saying. Like, I have Duran here. Not like I don't love the guy. It's just slipping through the cracks. So, um. Sorry, Metcalf, I went a little no, right there. No, you're good. Yeah, you uh, Jang to the Rockets? Yes. I still like that fit a lot. Yeah, I, I have no idea where he's going. Um, I would kind of expect Jang to go a little higher, but it wouldn't shock me if he fell to kind of the late teens. But at 18, Chicago Bulls, Jalen Williams is who I went with. Who'd you have? I took uh, Dalen Terry. Oh, Okay. Give him another another little versatile asset in the backcourt. Yes, I know they have Crusoe. Yes, I know they have Ao. Io. I don't know. I, I I just also think like get another versatile weapon. Add some more some more uh, anger, I guess, in the backcourt. Now I want to switch it after I'm talking it out. I want to switch my next two picks, but I feel like it would make you mad. I... <laughs> Do what you feel is right. All right, right. I'm doing it. I'm going to switch him. Okay, so Chicago, I'm going to give EJ Liddell. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think if he's there, they take him. And then then your Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm going to give Dalen Terry. I'm good with that. I I like Terry there. I think him and Patrick Beverly aren't going to make any friends in the league. No, exactly. Anytime soon. Um, That's just a nasty point of attack. Defender, good ball mover on offense, doesn't need the ball. Um, good rebounder. So I, I like that fit. I went with Tari Eason for the Timberwolves. Yeah, um, I still I, I love that fit too. That's perfect fit. Um, his chaotic, just high-pressure defense fits exactly what they did this year with forcing a ton of turnovers and getting out and running. Um, if he's there, who knows? Uh, Tari and EJ are still like my top two dreams for Timberwolves that they can get one of them it's a win for me um but at 20 San Antonio Spurs who'd you have I had Jang I don't think he's falling this low he's his buzz has been cuckoo um I've heard top 10 buzz um but yeah I have him there I don't see the thing is is he has 
some of the biggest upside of anyone mm-hmm. probably in this draft, which I believe he will go very, very early. Like he's going to go in the lottery. Yep. I don't know who it's going to be, but he's going to go in the lottery. Um, it wouldn't surprise me still if some teams are like, hey, we watched the whole year. We yeah. need a little bit more from him to consider taking him, you know, eighth over or ninth overall. So I don't know. Yeah, he's he's going to be a disaster as a rookie. Like he's good. I think he's going to be really, really bad. And it's not going to deter me at all. Like even, even if he is a disaster, I'm still going to have hope for him in year two and three um, because he showed that he can improve and that he will improve. Um, you know, obviously the NBA is a whole different setting, whole different culture, all of that stuff. So maybe he doesn't, but he's at least shown that he's willing and able to overcome those early season struggles and hurdles and better himself. So I, I have a little more optimism that he eventually gets to a good player, even though I a hundred percent expect his rookie year to be a complete disaster. Yeah. And for everyone listening, that doesn't mean Metcalf's like, Oh, he's never going to be good. It's just, no, that I, I he's going to be so raw. He's going to yeah. need like a, almost a red shirt year. Like, and it might be the best thing for his career is yeah. he just needs a year of like the team holding his hand to be like, we're going to slowly give you confidence and reap the benefits down the road. So that's all Metcalf's saying. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. People right, think at, we're rooting against them. Go ahead. At, at 20, I would just a reminder, this is what I would do. I went with Petrita. I don't I think he you. goes this high. Um, but I think I think the the shooting that he immediately provides that team at six seven, almost six eight, I think he measured at, um, is incredible. He's a he's one of the better athletes in this class. Um, and then I think he's a good defender, man. I, I, I I don't think he's bad. I think he's even slightly above average. He jumps passing lanes. He works hard. Um, you know, he's not the most fundamentally sound, but you know, I, I think the Spurs are a a pretty darn good place to, uh, kind of refine those skills. So yeah, I went with Cochito. I had a, uh, I had a, uh, I was doing all the advanced stats for, social media i'm gonna be pumping them out starting tomorrow up until the day before the draft and like prochita's true per he he shot 47 percent from the field 34 percent from three do you know what his true shooting percentage was what 66 it's kind of good yeah now i know that's in limited minutes it's still a massive jump so i i the, also, the important thing everyone's got to remember, just because your favorite team has two or three p- picks in the first round does not mean they want to bring all of them over in the first year. That's three roster spots, and we haven't even talked about the second round. So the Spurs might absolutely do that. And I'm not saying Prochita's automatically going to be a stash guy, but they also might be like, hey, if he could play another year over there, we might wait. And, and we still got a lot of stuff we want to do in the offseason. So I, I wouldn't shock me. Would not shock me if he goes in the first round. And I know we're very high on him, and everyone's gonna be like, ESPN has him at fifty three, and it's like, you know, calm down. That that's they keep projecting him to the Celtics, and I don't want them to fuck up a good idea. So, who do you have at twenty one? I went Dalen Terry. Um, I I think that's just I, I love that fit. I love the defense, the fuck you attitude that he immediately brings to that team, um, and just the kind of. 
yin and yang pairing with him and Murray in the backcourt, I think is a lot of fun. Yeah. Him and bones would be pretty electric too. Um, I like that fit. I went Jaden Hardy. I can't get that out of my head. Um, I think he'd be great in that roster because he would quickly realize he's not the guy. (laughs) A very large white man. That is the guy. He's from Serbia and rides racehorses in the off season. So I don't think Dalen, or I don't think Jaden Hardy would get that twisted too quick. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, 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 I had Hardy going next to the Grizzlies at 22, another spot where he will quickly realize that yeah, he's not the guy, but he can play off ball, he can provide shooting, and he can learn how to play defense, um, hopefully. If Hardy's on the board at 21, folks, he's got a range of teams that if he goes anywhere, it is going to be like, yes, for Hardy's like stock moving forward, because it's going to be like, Welcome to a playoff team. You're going to quickly like realize we need your best skill set and you'll learn the ropes. Like it's yeah. going to be great for his career. Um, you're going to be shocked. I had Blake Wesley yes. to the Grizzlies. I don't love him, but I do love that fit. I do love that fit. I think him going to Memphis be nice for that ups, upside. So we can move on. 23, <laughs> Sixers. I, I had no idea what to do here, but I went with Christian Brown. Unbelievable. So did I. Amazing. That's it. the first time I've projected <laughs> Brown to the uh, the Sixers. And I the I moment so. I was writing it, I was like, I kind of like this a lot. Like, Yeah, I, I think just good off-ball shooting, good scorer, um, good, ath- good athlete, good team defender. Um, I, yeah, I think he just kind of improves their depth. Knowing Daryl Morey, uh, I would be surprised if they make this pick, but. Um, I, I just kind of like the way that Brown fits in on that rotation. I was told that's Tari Eason's floor for everyone listening. Do I think he'll be there? No. no. Um, I was also told that's his floor if they keep the pick. So there you go. But I was like, <laughs> well, he would need to be there to take him. So, um, what'd you do with Milwaukee at 24? What'd you do? I went tie tie. I went tie tie too. Wow, Metcalf. I love this chemistry. <laughs> Can't coach this. Um, I still think that's my favorite spot for him. And another guy, I won't be shocked if he goes earlier. Um, yeah, I have, I have no idea what he, I have no idea where tie tie is going. Um, and that he's going to be one of the more fascinating ones. If you know, there are people who are saying that he's not going to make it out of, out of the lottery. Where, the only place that I could even imagine would be Washington just because they need a point guard. Um, but I hate that value. Um, but with Milwaukee, I think just Ty Ty gives them, you know, a long-term option at point guard who can run the pick and roll, shoot well, um, and just kind of learn from those veterans on that team. I'd be shocked if he goes lottery from what I'm hearing. Okay. From what I'm hearing now, everyone listening, yeah. I'm throwing breadcrumbs out. Usually, when I get good intel, seventy percent's right. So <laughs> it could change. All it takes is one team to fuck up a, an insider trading. Um, but I wish I I know some people that we take their word very highly because they know some stuff. Have said early in the process, like I'd be shocked if he gets out of lottery. I have not heard that. I've asked a lot. I've asked like, what the heck's going on with Ty Ty? And I've just heard um, trending more later. So we'll see what that means. Um, later could be 17. We never really know. <laughs> right. So 
But um, what did you do at 25 for the went, Spurs of San Antonio? I went Coloco. I went Walker Kessler. Interesting. Okay. Well, so why why Kessler over Coloco for you? Because I picked Coloco later, and I like his fit with the other team better. No, oh, I'm kidding. So, so, um, so you did the mock wrong. Is what... Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think someone's going to believe in Kessler. Um, they're not going to ignore the production. They're going to say, hey, this is what we could do. And I think the Spurs would be one of those teams to uh, really believe in that. Like, I, I just – it makes some sense in that range. Like, if you believe he could be a, a nice asset there, for sure. Um, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Pearl. We'll see what happens there. But I like the idea um, – I have Coloco higher on my board, but I still think there's going to be some fans of, of Kessler in the NBA front offices because people are going to be like, the outside shot can come along and then he could be, you know, we'll see. But um, yeah, one of those, I, I, no one knows the heck the Spurs are going to do. So, I mean, like that's what I'm, I keep changing them up. Cause I'm like me, me and you joked earlier. We're like, I feel like every mock, I just give them one of each position. <laughs> they're going to take like three front court guys. Um what did you do there? Did you just tell me? Oh, for, you did Coloco, for the, sorry. Yeah, for I, I went Coloco. I just think he's I think he's equal footing as a rim protector. Um and I think he's just a more versatile defender, moves better, and has more realistic offensive upside. Um I, I do really like Kessler as like a rim runner. Um I think he provides really good vertical spacing. That shot is just funky. I know he wants to shoot it. Um I think it's way more theoretical and I th- I I I honestly think that the fact that he's white makes a lot of people think that oh this is going to be something that happens I'm like mm. yeah I, I mean Kessler and and uh Coloco have that tease of the outside shot and I like Coloco's better Oh, I, 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 Col- I don't trust Coloco ever shooting it. No, I don't either. I'm just saying when you watch, when he shoots it, like from the mid range, I it feels better than watching Kessler's. Kessler's literally like the high, like it's like four a step catapult. process. Yes, catapult. It's like almost like Halliburton's was, but Halliburton's was so much quicker. Kessler, I'm like, oh, it's like you can see it coming from my way. You're like, here it comes. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I like Coloco a lot. I think he could be a Spurs pick there for sure. Like they could be like, we, we like him a lot because I still think Coloco is going to be a really good, big rotation, big um, for a while in the league. What'd you do for Houston at 26 after oh, trading Christian, Christian Wood? I took Kennedy Chandler. Interesting. Hey, yeah. Very I don't interesting. That. I know. Thank you. I felt pretty good about it too. Cause I said, okay, what are they up to? And then I just was like, Kennedy could make some sense there. A little nastiness, help out their defense, get a little bit of a pest. He doesn't have to start, but right. I don't know. Kind of like yeah. It. No, I, I kind of like that because they they obviously need a point guard. I don't want. Yeah, I I, I love Jalen Green. I love Paolo. I don't want them being the primary initiators, um, or at least just the point guard. That that team just needs a point guard. Yeah, and those two can still run the primary pick and roll and all that kind of stuff um kennedy showed this year that he can play off ball really well um that's you know the the way he leveraged his quickness to kind of create scoring opportunities in that area i thought was really impressive point of attack defender he's obviously just a one position defender but his 
I really like his screen navigation. His hands are incredibly quick. So yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. Well done. Thank you. What'd you do for Miami? Peyton Watson. Interesting. Everyone's getting on this train. I like it. Um, I went Max Christie. Love that too. Which I would very, very much like that fit a lot. I, yeah. I, w- I would love Max Christie there. Um, I, yeah, because I, I I think both the spots that we put him, uh, he's not going to be asked to play right away. Um, right. He's going to be able to develop, uh, especially in Miami. He'll be able to improve his body and kind of hone out or iron out some of those defensive inconsistencies. I think he's got a fuck ton of upside as a defender. I, I think he's going to be a really good defender um, down the road. He's just he just needs the game to slow down a little mentally for him. And then I, I, I really believe in the shot too. So I, I'm still super high on Christie, have been all year. Um I know the production doesn't necessarily match it, but just a guy I'd be willing to bet on the talent. I would even be tempted to take him much earlier. Yeah, I think someone's gonna fall in love. I also wouldn't surprise me if someone like Miami was like, We're gonna go get him because we want him that bad like we're gonna try to trade up five spots to go get him because we don't want to take a chance um because everyone can look at the numbers and say what are you guys talking about but tom Izzo trusting a freshman to play that many minutes while struggling tells you something if you if you're struggling with max christie just go watch him defensively you'll buy him very fast so um talk about a guy that he will if he plays as a rookie, he will earn it with the defense. And yeah. then when that offense comes around, my goodness, are you going to have something special? So, um, And, and if really you want an in-depth look on Max Christie's defense, you, you can head over to NoSealingsNBA.com yes. where I wrote about that just a couple of weeks ago. By the way, it's free. Just hit that subscribe button. Um, all right. At 28, Golden State Warriors, I went Trevor Keels. Unbelievable. I took him last night. Um, I did the draft deck with Corey and Albert, and we did a wild card mock draft. And I said, I've never thought of this, but I'm going to take Trevor Kills to the Warriors. That's I weird. took Christian I Coloco here. Okay. I, I like that. I like that um, for him a lot. Yeah, this is one of my favorite. Like, So are, are you giving up on James Wiseman? Then? No, I'm getting insurance. Um, Because I've said this. I, I'm... I'm buying James Wiseman stock. I think everyone's throwing him under the bus too quick. Guy had a rough first couple of years. I think he's going to be, he's going to just shock people next year. Um, there, it, Looney's had a phenomenal postseason. He's probably going to stick around, but with Wiseman, you still, I still think Coloco is going to be a very, very dang good rotation asset early on in his career for the first couple of years. I think he's just going to be a valuable resource wherever he goes and i think a team like the warriors where it's like hey one we like him he could be great depth two kind of gives us some insurance and i'm not saying like you should just draft for Wiseman insurance but i'm saying now you got some front court depth that you can build with where it's like you have those two uh coloco Kaminga, if they're playing him as like a small bowl four or the three and i, I just kind of like that fit i think that's another guy that they can slowly groom to um be a piece moving forward so it's one of those like outside the box ones i'm thinking of that i, I could see golden state being like we like him a lot you know mm-hmm. he's got the, he's got the skills you want keels huh i'm proud of you for that i also love that idea with keels 
Yeah, and I, I think he just adds an infusion of kind of just athleticism, strength. I think he can play that Gary Payton, the second role. Um, and I think he'll be a better shooter down the line. So, yeah, and I, I, I think it'd be a no-pressure situation for him to just kind of grow and evolve his game. And you know, some of the flashes and stretches that he showed this year were really promising. Well, what I said to Corey and Albert is I said, the NBA is a copycat league. Everyone's watching the Boston Celtics with smart kind of not have that like takeover superstar point guard, but he can run the show. He can get everyone rolling. And I said, Keels is going to be one of the younger guys in this class. He's such a raw, like unfinished product. And I was like, that gives the Warriors, like you're saying, Metcalf, like another like wrinkle. Of mentality, like now they have that nasty potential defender who's physical, who's um, has the potential to guard multiple positions just because of his frame and his strength. And um, when he was rolling this year, when he when he was on, it was really eye opening. It, it was really impressive. Mm-hmm. You just got to get more consistent with that, and then you're gonna have a really nice piece. And like you said, they don't need to rush him. They but if he can come in off the bench and be kind of like a you know, floor general with some nastiness that gives the Warriors another dimension to keep being a tough, tough team to deal with. So I like it. All right. At 29 Memphis Grizzlies, who'd you go with? Promise season. I said it was Caleb Houston. Okay. What'd you do? I went PBJ. Interesting. Do we think Caleb's got a promise way earlier? I would still be shocked if he just withdrew from everything for a 29th promise. I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I know that's just great, great insight. Um, but so I, Gavoni tweeted out today that he just worked out for the, the Nuggets. And I think that's like the first report I've seen of him working out with anyone. Um, I've seen zero workout footage of him since the season ended i have zero idea of what's going on um with his stock with it where he's going because it's all been so shut down it's been so incredibly quiet and the fact that he denied the combine invite and isn't putting anything out makes me feel like he's got a promise somewhere that he's really confident in yeah um, I might even be wrong. I think Gavoni might have even said like the Nuggets and the Grizzlies with the workouts, yes. correct? Yeah, I think it's both of them. So if you went at 29 or 30 where the Nuggets just traded up, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, so I'm like you. It, it's very interesting, this whole process, but he's got to have – there's no doubt he's got the talent. It was just one of those years, and, um, you know – some team in that range. It wouldn't shock me if he had a promise, but it's going to be fascinating. You know, the Caleb Houston mystery is going to be one of the things we're going to be watching closely throughout draft night. Cause it's just become like an underrated storyline. Um, all right. Who'd you have it? Who'd you have for the nuggets? Bryce McGowan's. Yeah, man. I, I had, uh, I, I keep doing all these mocks and, Somehow Bryce McGowan's is just still on the board at the end. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, man, McGowan's is going to go somewhere. Where is he going to go? Um, I had Patrick Baldwin there. Okay. Conspiracy theory. I said, maybe they, Baldwin seems like I've heard buzz. He's fallen pretty hard, um, which is less than ideal because I'm rooting for the kid. Yeah. But I also was like, what if Denver said, screw it. We're, 
getting that pick and taking him at 30. Um, but it also probably isn't it. I'm just having fun here, folks. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Denver's, yeah, and Denver's fascinating I, now. Yeah, I, I went McGowan's just as that potential kind of Will Barton heir apparent. Um, yeah. That, that, that lanky wing scorer um, who can score on or off ball, um, but needs some time to develop and, you know, needs to not kind of similar to what we were saying with Hardy, needs to learn that he's not the guy and learn how to play not being the guy. And I, again, same reasoning. What better place to do it than Denver? Um, just want to circle real back to conspiracy corners um, for a minute with Caleb Houston. So the only reports I've seen of teams he's worked out with were today with both the Grizzlies and the Nuggets this week. Both those teams have two picks in the 20s. Good, Metcalf. Um, so he's going to one of them at yes. 21 or 22 or 29 or 30. Um, I would be willing to bet on it at this point. And I think that if there are rumblings, say the Nuggets are hearing that um, the Grizzlies are going to trade with the Spurs and trade up to 20 to take them, then the Nuggets will offer 21 and 30 in ex- instead of 23 and 29 and move up to that spot instead. So, you know, I, moving back up into the first felt like a little bit of insurance or extra ammo for the nuggets to make a different move to move up. That's going to be fascinating. And they're going to get torched if they do that by the internet. Um, But I, I am now very, very, very confident that Caleb Houston is going in the twenties. And that's purely speculation based on reports, breadcrumbs. Um, I'm not reporting anything just on my conspiracy corner. Yeah, I wonder it Denver 21 and 30 is a package to get a little bit up in the teens. I wonder if they could be targeting anyone. My problem is I don't know who would be wanting those two. Like I don't think Houston want I know Houston now has three picks. Houston's not saying give us another pick. Like it, no. when you get that's ridiculous. So because I'm wondering like could Denver somehow be like we miss Paul Millsap. Can we get the young, much bigger version and EJ Liddell? But I don't think Atlanta's trading down. I think Atlanta's going to trade up. I think Atlanta's up to something. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, so just real quick, who are a couple names that we didn't say that you think could or will go in the first round? Um, hold, please. We're at a hold. Um you start, Metcalf. My, yeah, my I'll, I'll give you a couple of mine. So the, right. the only guy who I had a first round grade, or like in my top thirty, who didn't, who I didn't take in this exercise was Ryan Rollins. Um, I think Kendall Brown still probably goes in the first. Um, Ishmael Kamagate, I think, is a guy that could. Jake Laravia, uh, Jovic, uh, Marjan Beauchamp just got a green green room invite, so I would be really surprised if he didn't go in the first at this point. Um, that could be another guy that Denver could be targeting on the wing. Um, and then Blake Wesley, I he, he's going to go in the top 20, and I'm going to disagree with it, but just, let's just hope it's not at 19. Um, yeah, Jovic, I still think is going to go in the first. Um ch- 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 
Jovic, Bochamp for sure. Um, I could, uh, I could still see someone buying in on Kendall Brown, um, Laravia. I still wouldn't be shocked if someone is drinking the window more. Junior Kool Aid, um, McGowan's for sure. We've talked about that. I still, I don't know why. I still feel like Ryan Rollins is somehow going to be like end up the 28th pick or something like just one of those like oh there there's the team that that's buying into it you know or, or something mm-hmm. like that but you know you could keep going down like Nemhart's getting some buzz as a late first round guy um i, I mean it's just crazy this year it's just absolute cuckoo because there's so many guys that could go um I don't know why I can't get over the idea of Diabate getting up there. I, Kamigate maybe gets up there. I don't know. I mean, now these guys could all go in the mid forties or later, but these guys also could just be that wild card where, you know, we had Santi Aldama go 30th the yeah. other year. And it was just like, Whoa, like what? And, and so you never really know. And this class is shaping up to have a lot of potential. Whoa moments. So um, it's going to be fun. Can't believe we got a week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We oh got one. Gosh. We just got one more episode until the draft. Unbelievable! I can't Wild believe stuff. everyone. Like before we end it, everyone. Me and Metcalf have talked about this all the time. We've said it on the show, but we've said it off air too. You guys are incredible. Like everyone listening, we each and every one of you. We we've been so pumped up. You guys have fueled and given me life more than you realize to do every op- every episode with Metcalf and, and we love doing it but now it just gives us excitement every Tuesday and Thursday to record these so thank you guys all so much um we're already talking about how we're going to try to make this better next year I'm very very excited for all those plans it's we ain't going anywhere but up so uh, thank you guys all as always this has been so cool I cannot believe we have one more episode till the draft Gosh, Metcalf, crazy, crazy, wild stuff. Uh, Rucker, I can only echo those sentiments. It, the, this whole thing, this just one year in, and the support we've gotten—it's been overwhelming. It's been humbling. Um, I hope all of our listeners don't think we take it for granted because we a thousand percent do not. We right. appreciate every single one of you and every any single way that you found to support us. It it means the world to us. Uh, so, Rucker. Good luck tonight. I know you're freaking out. Game's in about 12 minutes here. So tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you. Um, you can find me at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter and at Backcourt V. Um, if the Celtics lose tonight, you probably can't find me anywhere because I'll be <laughs> in a cave crying. Um, no, but I mean, again, just thanks to everyone. Um, find me at NoSealingsNBA.com. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. We announced today that no Ceilings has partnered with Top Shot for an NBA live stream on YouTube, which yes, sir. we've been grinding for, um, the last couple of weeks. We've been we've been working our ass off to to kind of get all this together, and um, we still got a lot of work to do. But we're going to be ready to rock, and, and I know our whole team's pumped out of our minds, and it's going to be a fun one. So, uh, as you know, it's not possible without all of you guys listening and and, and giving us support. So, thank you guys so much, and. Metcalf, thanks for this year, man. This has been incredible. I, I've been so pumped to do this with you. So um, I still can't believe someone compared you to Mike Greenberg. That's pretty much my favorite <laughs> thing of this whole draft cycle. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find our draft guide and merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. You can find all of our written work for free at noceilingsnba.com. Just hit that subscribe button to make sure that you get everything we publish delivered directly to your email. Uh, Once we hit that publish button, you get it. Make sure you don't miss any of it. You can follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba and follow us on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.